I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Boy, does it ever feel good to be on the other end of this for once. This is Game Over Calgary. Welcome to the show tonight. Uh, We got a good one lined up for you folks. It's finally an Audie James hosted show where uh, where we get to talk about a win. It's it's few and far between uh, that we get to do this with with me in in the host seat. I know Peter gets his fair share. Uh, I know all the other markets, unless you're uh, unless you're covering Edmonton, uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. We'll get our we'll get our licks in on the Oilers up north, but uh, it's not often we get to do this. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. It's good to have you along with us. Calgary Flames win over the Seattle Kraken in overtime, and they keep the streak at Climate Climate Pledge Arena alive to six games uh, undefeated. There. Uh, my name is Audie James. As I mentioned, I got to introduce you to our guest today, who. Uh, We've been working on this for a little bit to try to get him on. Finally lined up. It worked out perfectly. Uh, Brett from Flame for Thought uh, is joining us tonight. Brett, how are you, buddy? It's good to, it's good to finally uh, have you on here and, and talk with you. Doing really well. Thanks for having me. And uh, like you just mentioned, even better to be doing it following a Flames W. Uh, I think we all know from the last few years that when the Flames go into overtime or a shootout, you kind of clinch up a little bit so yeah doing really well and <laughs> yeah awesome to see the w you're not kidding uh julian put out a tweet friend of the friend of the show and friend of the network uh if you haven't checked out the cj show with julian and chris johnson check that out um but he tweeted the last time the calgary flames won in overtime was march 31st of last year uh, i don't know how many overtime games they've played between then but it's good to see uh not only the win tonight but you know they, they take the lead early uh, things look good. That first period was some of the best hockey I've seen them play as, as a whole unit uh, in quite some time. They were fast. The old cliche of showing up on time was was in full force. They looked good, and uh, they get the lead. They, they, they fall behind. They, they do what the Flames do. They take their foot off the gas in the second period and, and just allow Seattle to come back. But uh, at the end of the day, they, uh, they end up completing the comeback, which is something we don't often get to see here in Calgary. Before we get too far into the show, a couple of housekeeping items for everybody watching. Um, first and foremost, we're going to continue with the press conference thing. Save your questions for the end. Different from last season when we would read your comments throughout the show, we are going to read them at the end. Uh, so if you have any questions for myself uh, or Brett, if it's if it's hockey related, if it's Flames related, if it's, you know what, we'll answer anything with within reason. Uh, save those for the end and we will hit those in our final segment of the show. Okay. Now for the for the fun stuff, breaking down a win. You and I talked about it a little bit before we went live. Depending on which side of the spectrum you're on for this team, I know a lot of people. Sometimes I, I'll admit it was me. I was on that train of the of the uh, the tank and and make sure you, you you're not winning games so that you you secure a better uh, better more ping pong balls and a better draft position. Hopefully, 
but boy, does it feel good to watch a win, to talk about a win. Um, how did you, how do you, how do you feel? Like, how, how does this make you feel? This was, this was a good game. I just think that we're seeing so many little things trending in the right direction. And we can probably talk a little bit more about what those little yeah. things are, but, um, it was like, there was a bunch of puzzle pieces there through that losing stretch and they're, they're starting to look like a more cohesive hockey team, whether it's, uh, the defensive zone coverage, which hasn't been perfect every single game, that's for sure. Or just line combinations finally starting to click. Um, so on that front, feeling fantastic. And then when it comes to to team tank, maybe we could talk about that a little bit more after. But um, I just don't think that the team's bad enough to secure no. a top lottery pick. And I haven't seen that even when they have lost a handful straight. So I'm rooting for a rebuild or a retool or whatever you want to call it. But in my mind, that comes down more to what decisions they make with all the UFAs that they have rather than where they finish in the standings. And if you've got guys like Martin Pospisil or Connor Zary who are dragging you to wins, I don't think you can complain about that uh, when it comes to their development. Uh, it's no. better than being on a losing club in their first season in the NHL. Absolutely. And, and good point about the pending UFAs. I have that as a note. We'll probably hit that in segment three because it kind of ties into everything that you just brought up with the retool rebuild team tank. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And we'll touch on it a little bit more about uh, them not being able, probably not being able to out suck some of the suck in the league and really get down into that, uh, into that, you know, top three to, or top one to five uh, draft picks. But to talk about the game, we talked about it a little bit before, uh, full pressure starting on time. That first period was great. A quick one from Lindholm there. Uh, just a great ozone cycle, the way that they were moving the puck. Mobile in the offensive zone. Things that um, maybe they were struggling with at times earlier in the year with, with being flat-footed, not only in all three zones, really. I've, I've seen it. How many times have we seen uh, just unnecessary odd man rushes from flat-footed, uh, you know, back-checking or, or neutral zone play? But it was good to see them actually, you know, contribute in the offensive zone by moving their feet and moving the puck as a unit. And good things happen when you do that. They get they get a quick goal. Um, but one of the things that, that the biggest talking point, I think, for me for this game, and I'm sure, you know, we can spend some time, park a little bit of time here talking about it, is just how good Jonathan Huberto is starting to trend. I'm not saying he's like he's definitely not. This isn't me defending him as a ten point five million dollar player right now. Because he's, you know, obviously going through some stuff or whatever the case may be. It might be a little bit between the years. Who knows? Um, but making progress, trending upward, and what a game from ten in uh, ten in white tonight, eh? It was really fun to watch, especially yeah. in the first and the third period. I think. Oh yeah. I think you could make every argument in the book that he's not performed up to the standard of a ten and a half million dollar player but at a certain point that kind of goes out the window doesn't it 100%. and you start to just want to root for someone to to be successful and be successful with this team because he's going to be here for quite some time and i think what you just commented on which was entering certain zones whether it's the neutral zone or getting over the blue line with a little bit more urgency or a little bit more pace than they have been is what's opening things up for him um, I'd have to rewatch some of those plays, but it was like every single pass that was failing for him throughout last year and throughout the first stretch of games was on somebody's tape tonight. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's 
a mental adjustment that he's making. I don't know if he's reading the game better. I don't know if the Flames are a step ahead of where they were in those prior games, but he was just able to connect the dots really well tonight. And for the better part of that game, he was one of the Flames' best forwards, in my opinion. It was yeah. really, really fun to watch. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch. And you talk about just how good it is to see, like, as a fan or as someone who covers a team whether it be for a living or, or what you and I do, where we come on here and we talk or we write articles after games, you don't want to see guys like that struggle. You know he's struggling. We all see the infamous clip of him, what was it, three or four games ago where he's benched in the third period and you know he's opening the gate and he just looks defeated, just mentally defeated. He, he knows that he's not playing his game. So when you see a game like what we saw tonight from Jonathan Huberto, it's exciting to watch it's exciting you know to feel for the person not not the player that's got to be like he gets back in the room and he's you know he's 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 celebrating whether it's in like in, internally or uh or everybody's kind of you know hyping him up because that was a good game from 10 uh throwing the body around too hey eh? that was uh that was a welcome surprise and not just like little hits here and there there were a couple pretty big ones uh, I remember that one behind the net on uh, Brandon Tanev that kind of sent him on his ass. But uh, physically, he was great. And, you know, he gets on the score sheet again. And, you know, hopefully this is a, this is a trending upward thing for Jonathan Huberto. Yeah, the hits were awesome. I'd have to check to see if he landed any more in the second and the third. But he had for sure those two mm-hmm. in the first period that were really noticeable. And then uh, something that that I tweeted out during the game was just like, we've heard of that, that backland bump before, but I don't think I've seen it have this type of noticeable impact. Normally it's like, okay, the line plays more responsibly than, uh, than typically they would. And it's with a younger player, but um, maybe there's just something about the way that backland and and Blake Coleman too, let's give him credit and how he's playing lately um, that are just giving Huberto the space that he needs. And maybe they're taking care of a little bit more, in the DZ zone, so he's not as exposed um, in his own end or when they do get the puck into the offensive end. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to comment on, Audie, is you just mentioned um, the way that you and I are feeling on this call, like just mm-hmm. as, a, as a human, right? We feel yeah. good watching somebody find success. We feel uh, like when he smiled and looked up at the ceiling when he scored the other night uh, or when you see him grinning on the bench tonight, that feels good. And you and I obviously multiple degrees separated from that team uh, imagine what it feels like to be one of his teammates in the room when you look across at one of the leaders and somebody who uh, based on everything i know is really well liked in that room is starting to find that success it's going to rub off on the younger guys it's going to rub off 100%. on the other leaders in the group and it's going to do a lot more than just hopefully get him closer to a point per game player yeah and that's actually a good point that's something i was going to bring up with you obviously you and i both have played the game uh, we're not in the NHL, obviously. Sorry, spoiler alert to everybody watching. We're just a couple of guys who like to talk about the game now. Um, you and I both played, like, as a teammate, when when one of your guys is, is down and you know that he's not quite at the level he's supposed to be playing at, a game like this, like, this could be, like, I, I'm not trying to put the, the, the cart ahead of the horse here by any stretch, but this, this feels like one of those things that could be, like, maybe a turning point or a turnaround point. I'm not saying they're going to go on a ridiculous run right now or anything like that or 
or this next stretch of games is going to be just like, you know, the best hockey we've ever seen from the Calgary Flames. But a moral boost and a morality boost in the room, uh, kind of, like you said, just a bit of a gelling kind of thing where one teammate gets the monkey off the back and everybody com- comes together as a cohesive unit. Could you see something like that happening too? I'd like to say I think so. Mm-hmm. And the the biggest, like we can talk all we want about Huberto performing better or the stories of uh, Zari and, and Pospisil coming in and, and Kadri finding his game as well. But the biggest difference maker when it comes to that feel-good vibe in the room has to do with whether you're putting marks into the W column or the L column. That's right. So right now I'm feeling, yeah, because we're coming off of a, we're coming off of an overtime win against Seattle and it's six and zero in that building. So it's feeling, it's feeling good, but I think you just alluded to it. The schedule coming up is tough. It's I think not going to be got, easy. Uh, Dallas, Colorado, Vegas. Yeah. All in the next three. So, and Nashville uh, who just beat Colorado yeah. tonight too. Yeah, exactly. So, it's yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. And if they can sneak out a win or two in that stretch of games, I think we could look at that as a positive. Uh but um yes, to answer your question, I think yeah, uh Huberto playing well is gonna help the room. Huberto playing well is gonna help everybody else contribute there. But the thing that's gonna help the most is whether or not they they continue to win. Um and I think those two things kind of go together, right? Because if Huberto is playing well, they have a much better chance of winning hockey games. 100%. And another thing from tonight's game that depending, I guess, I'm not sure how it's going to go with this player. Um, they are going to be maybe in a bit of a conundrum in the crease at some point, unless they dish off one of Markstrom or Vladar, likely Vladar. Uh, pretty solid performance tonight. And we allowed three. Um, but in that second period, especially when the flames were, uh, kind of in that taking the foot off the gas phase, they, they allowed a lot of chances the other way in the late in the third period, a couple odd man rushes as well, where he, he, he looked solid. I don't think that he looked bad tonight. Obviously when you look at and see when a goalie allows three goals, it's like, eh, couldn't have been that great. He faced a heavy workload, lots of shots. I think they finished with. 30 over 30 I don't know I don't know off the top of my head I'd be bullshitting you if I told you a number but it was over 30 shots he he faced tonight and um I think that Vladar played pretty well and hopefully this is maybe a sign of you know more and more teams maybe taking notice that this is a guy that could possibly come in and if you have a problem between the pipes you you, you sell on Vladar if you're the flames and um you know, Dustin Wolf is waiting in the ranks. He can he's he can only win so many American League goaltenders of the year or goaltender of the year awards before it's time for him to to make his case in the NHL. But what I'm getting at here is Vladar's good play in in the games that he gets into um, definitely helps with that uh, situation. If you're Craig Conroy, absolutely on Vladar. Didn't love him tonight. Didn't didn't hate it as well. Um, the Flames took their ga- or their feet off the gas there in the second period, and Vladar made a string of great saves to end that period that kept them in the hockey game and ultimately led to a win. And uh, and he played well enough for them to win. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, I'd like to have the confidence that Dustin Wolf could come in and perform uh, just as well, especially once he starts to get more NHL games under his belt. So 
if the trade market's not there quite yet, uh, I'm assuming it's coming. I think of Ladar trade, as you said, is much more likely than a Markstrom one, especially if they manage to continue to sneak some wins in here. So ideally, we're seeing Dustin Wolf play more hockey for the Flames soon. But at the same time, you can't really blame Conroy for just wanting to see with how the market is reacting. So I think there was a report today that it's starting to heat up on some of the, uh, the UFAs that are skaters, specifically the defensemen that the Flames are maybe not even actively shopping, but their agents are shopping for them. <laughs> um, so we'll see if it uh, if it heats up a little bit for the goaltenders as well. There's teams who are, who are in need and... Yeah. Uh, we might be rooting for some should-be playoff teams to lose a couple with their backup in the net so that they wake up and realize that they need a Dan Vladar and then we get Dustin Wolf full-time in the NHL. Um, I think that's the most likely scenario here. But it all it all just depends on the trade market. And we're still not quite at the point in the season where that's right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. We're getting there. We're getting to the point soon where the litmus test of American Thanksgiving is going to be the, uh, you know, the teller of whether or not you know, you're, you're going to be a playoff team. The, the flames are poised to be in the middle by that point mm-hmm. as they usually are. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that I wanted to maybe bring up that's not directly related to tonight's game, but has been a storyline for the flames. Well, obviously we talked about it for the better part of a week now, at least uh, since uh, we are gold star, Dan Milstein decided to uh, try to trade his own client um, I forget, I'm losing, I lost my train of thought, but uh, basically what I'm trying to get at here is, uh, you know, the flames are, like you mentioned, actively shopping these guys, um, how imminent we don't really know, uh, if a trade is going to be anytime soon, obviously, um, you know, you take your time with things like this, especially when you're kind of, uh, not, not handcuffed or, or, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is here, but when, when the agent is, is trying to put pressure on the GM, uh, it would have been stupid. I've seen people say like, Oh, why, why is Nikita Zadorov like, and he didn't have a great game tonight either. If you ask me, why is Nikita Zadorov still on this team? You know, what's, what's going on? Why isn't he traded? He should have stayed in Toronto when, when Dan Milstein said that, uh, uh, you know, he wanted to trade out of there and, and, and it makes the most sense for the flames to just kind of stand put and wait for the best offer to show up. I mean, that just GMing one oh one. no, <laughs> like... in, in my opinion. Yes. Especially if, if you're a savvy business person, mm-hmm. then you likely have a competitive bone in your body as well. And if there's somebody who's asking, if you're asking for a trade, you're asking the GM to do you a favor and toss a little back scratch his way. I don't right. know if if I'm Craig Conroy, if if the person I want to do the largest favor for right now is Nikita Zadorov. I think if he's in the lineup and he's playing half decently, at least well enough to be a third pairing defenseman, then you keep him in there. You hope that he showcases himself and you read the market to try and find out if you're going to get better offers over time. Now, the good thing is that Conroy has the opportunity with multiple defensemen he could trade to read the market on several players at once. Mm -hmm. So he's going to get a good idea of what uh, different teams are willing to pay for different defensemen. And 
that's going to be a test for him. Like I'm not passing any judgment on, on Conroy as a GM yet. I think it's too early to say whether or not the Toffoli trade worked out because we don't know what Sharon Govich is going to be. We're seeing players find their games still right now. And we're not even 20 games into the season yet. Um, we're getting there, but I think the big test for him is how do I handle these UFAs? And there might be a decision not to trade all of them by the deadline. There might be the decision to sign and trade some of them in the off season. We'll see. Right. Mm -hmm. But some of them are going to go by the deadline. They probably have to. And if he's got the ability to say, you know, there's this value for Hannafin, this for Tanev and this for Zadorov, then ideally he gets a good read on that before he pulls trigger and makes a trade for the sake of making one just because the agent decided to make headlines. Yeah, exactly. And great recovery, by the way, because I was like rambling for two straight minutes there, completely lost. I had this great scheme of what I wanted to say in my head, and I just completely fell off the track. So so kudos to you uh, for, for saving my ass. Um, but one of the things also that I wanted to specifically ask you about UFAs, about this situation with, you know, the impending trade-off of, of guys that aren't going to be here forever. Is it crazy to think that the Flames could still sell these pen, some, some of, if not all of these pending UFAs and still be just fine? Like, like I think, I think people, what I'm trying to say is I think there's a lot of people on Twitter X, whatever it's called this week that um, think that, okay, fire up the tank it's team tank sell all your pending ufas and this team is just going to be a complete uh utter waste of dog shit for a better for lack of a better term and uh plummet their way to 32nd in the league pick somewhere between one to three and uh all you know everything's right in the world i don't i don't know i i don't think that the flames if and when they do sell these ufas are going to be as bad as people are making them out to be especially because of where we're seeing a lot of the offense coming from right now the last couple games it was the zari pospisil cadre line i'll tell you one thing right now none of those three guys are going anywhere uh coleman huberto and backland those are three more guys that probably aren't going anywhere if that's your quote-unquote top six once lindholm's gone and you know everything is what it is are the flames really that much worse do you think like i think I, I maybe i'm just overthinking it and maybe it's just because up until now there hasn't been a whole lot of things to really talk about in flames land and i'm just getting in my own head about you know what the future of this team is for the rest of the season if these guys are gone but i really don't think that e even if you sell off on all of these ufas that they're going to be that horrible is that too crazy, or what do you think? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Not too crazy. That's 
the way that I've been thinking about things for the most part as well. Um, maybe they lose a little bit more. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Uh, the big thing is that I think with the group of players you just mentioned, they can be fun to watch and they can be competitive and they can be in the mix. And if some of the UFAs get sold off, then there's some assets in the back pocket. Ideally, the Flames are picking more than once in the first round in the yeah. next draft. And and they're not going to be able to control whether that's a super high pick or multiple middle round picks. Uh, some of it will depend on who the trade partner is, right? Um, but I think they could definitely still be competitive in those games. Now, coming off a game like tonight, in that first and third period, I thought a big reason that the Flames were able to control uh, the majority of the play in those two periods was because they were able to roll three pretty impactful lines mm -hmm. because Lindholm was really good tonight, in my opinion. He was. Um, I took a little bit longer to get on the Lindholm hasn't been very good train, and I'm also a, a Lindy apologist. I'll, I'll admit that. He's yeah. one of my favorite players to watch when he's good because he can shoot, he can skate, and he PKs, and he plays on the power play, and I just... Man does it all. Ever since the just since the Aginla days, man, like you got to appreciate a well-rounded player. So 100%. that's why, that's why I'm a Lindy guy. Um, but even with that being said, like without him, I don't think that they're that bad, but it will hurt the depth down the middle, mm -hmm. which especially down the, the later stage of the season could really hurt you because who would the centers be in that case? Kadri, Kadri, Backlund. Yeah. Maybe a Dubé, maybe a Zari, depending on what the lines are looking like. Maybe a Rizichka if he's back in the lineup. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not as deep once you it's remove bleak. Lindholm. It's bleak. And it depends on how many of the D go as well. If you're talking about trading one of the three UFA defensemen, I think they're fine, especially if it's Zadorov. But if you're out Hannafin, Tanev, and Zadorov, and you're bringing in a... Uh, you've already got D. Simone in the lineup, and then you're bringing in maybe a defenseman from another team plus... Uh, Slavyov comes back in and mm -hmm. maybe Poirier is ready to go at that point in time. Then, then you're out uh, top center and two or and three. And the better part of your blue good line. Defenseman. So you're yes. what you're saying is pipe it down a little bit, Audi. <laughs> they're not going to be great, but, uh, but maybe they, maybe they're not as bad as everybody thinks, which is kind of where I'm at. I think that they definitely aren't better without these. Like, I'm not. I'm not trying to sell it to anybody that they're going to be a better team without uh, uh, without everybody that we just mentioned there. But I just don't think that they're going to be as bad. I see a lot of people on social media that just seem to think that it's going to be some flick of a switch. And and even Eric Francis said today in in one of the intermissions that um, you know. Be ready, Flames fans, because these kids are going to be coming up. He's talking. He brought up. Uh, uh, he brought up Peltier, who's probably. I think he said probably two months out. Uh, brought up Jeremy Poirier, who he th he thought probably would be a call up by now, had it not been for an injury that he took, uh, you know, recently. And um, who else did he talk? He brought up uh, obviously Dustin Wolf, but there was another another name that he brought up. Oh, Coronado, right? Like these guys are gonna these guys are gonna come up. And um, it's nice. Hey, it's you and I haven't talked about it. It's nice to see some youth injected in the lineup, hey? A little refreshing or what? It's amazing. It's probably right. been my my favorite part of watching this team right now is what's uh, what's Pospisil going to do next. That guy, 
is a joy to watch play hockey. Right. Um, and just knowing kind of the adversity that he's faced in his career as well and seeing him bang bodies and he's fast too. Like I, uh, I looked into that NHL edge data oh, yeah. for the first time the other day, just out of curiosity. It was annoying because you had to click through every single player individually to compare. Yeah, they, they, they definitely didn't do the best of job with the launch part of it. And there's still some bugs, but I think that it, it'll be a good tool once they yeah, iron out all that but crap. The, the takeaway for me with, with Pospisil is that among Flames forwards, he's hit the fastest top speed of anyone yet. Um, and then after him were the the suspects that you'd expect in like Dubé and, and Coleman were up there as well. Uh, but bringing some speed and some pace and some just all the other things that come with youth, like I got to stay in the NHL type of play, mm-hmm. uh, reminds me of when Manjapani was breaking in from the fourth line and just climbing up to the third line, the second line, the first line. And now, now he's scoring overtime winners against Seattle. So that's right. He scored a hundred, yeah. his hundredth goal tonight. Yeah, big, big night yes. for the the man they call was, bread. Was waiting for that one. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a big uh, big fan of the youth injection. It's something we haven't seen in quite a while, and you know, if this small sample size of games can tell us anything, uh, these kids want to be here. They are playing like they want to be here, and if anything, I don't think any of these guys are going to be flat out superstars but having a pretty well-balanced team where um you know your youth are making an impact is definitely uh not a not a bad problem to have if you are uh, a national hockey league team okay um thanks to everybody watching so far this is great like the stream share it on social media do whatever you got to do get people in here uh talk some flames calgary flames win in overtime over the seattle kraken i talked about it off the top not something we get to do a whole lot of here so it's always nice to hey maybe you're the good luck charm people people tend to go on social media and throw this thing around called the audi curse where whenever i host a game over it's it's on the heels of a loss maybe it's uh maybe it's reverse fortune with uh with with brett in the co-host chair what do you think I can't take any credit for that win tonight, but if you'll have me on again in the future, oh. we can put this to the test. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna have to. Maybe maybe that's the that's gonna be the eventual follow up here. Um, I put uh, in the comments in the live stream for people to get their press conference questions in. We will hit the presser right now. So if you want to get more questions in, please be sure to uh, to send them into the chat. Flames related, hockey related. You want to ask us what our favorite color is? I'm sure we'll we'll give you an answer on that as well. But get your questions in. So let's uh, let's let's hit the presser right now. This one uh, says, "Can we trust what Gaudreau's uncle is saying? What is Uncle Hockey saying? He he dropped something on social media about. Uh, he I think he kind of was just like teasing, hinting that you know John would want to come back, but he's uh, John's off to a tough. Uh, tough start this year in columbus hey johnny is off to a tough start i'm just checking uh uncle hockey's yeah it was Twitter a while right ago. to see if there's something new that I'm oh missing, yeah maybe but... maybe we're missing something completely like that, that no i i don't think so at least not on on his feed here so i'm assuming that this is the stuff that came up a couple weeks ago when uh he alluded to the fact that maybe johnny would be open to 
a return to Calgary. Is that what you're thinking we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's like? that's that's kind of what I was thinking, but I mean I don't know, I think that ship's kind of sailed. It's I don't think there's any logic in bringing a guy like that back or there's really not a scenario where it makes any sense, I don't think. Yeah, believe it or not, Johnny's 30 now. It's crazy. So if you're talking That's about crazy. getting younger, he might not fit the picture anymore. But hypothetically, Audie, let me just bounce this question over to okay, you. Okay, let's hear if, it. If uh, Columbus GM is Kekwinen, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yarmo. If, he was, if you're in, in Connie's chair for a day and you get a call from Yarmo and he says, John for John, one for one, uh, and the Flames retain enough salary so that they're paid equally. Okay. Do you make that deal? Golly. You're really trying to put me on the spot like this. I never get the table flipped my way with stuff like this. Should I'm I not? Usually the... that... No, no, that's okay. I like it. It's 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 a great debut episode for you. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think right now I, I probably... I probably say no just for the fact that Huberto is kind of hitting that he's trying to he's kind of finding himself right now. He's on this little journey of self-discovery, what he is, what kind of Calgary Flame he's going to be for the next 8 years. Um and I don't know, nothing against Johnny Gaudreau. Um but the ship has, I think the ship has kind of sailed. I, I, I don't, I don't think that I do that trade right now. There's probably going to be a lot of people that just absolutely light me up for saying no to this. But um, I think that as it stands right now, this very second, November twentieth, uh, twenty twenty-three at eleven twenty-seven p.m. Pacific time, uh, or Mountain time. I don't even know what time zone I'm in. <laughs> um, I'm probably saying no. I, 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 you ask me in five minutes, I'll probably change my mind. I, that's how unprepared I was to answer that question. But a lot, it's interesting you bring that up because a lot of people on social media have even pondered the idea, right? I don't think it's a very realistic scenario at all, but it's one of those blockbusters that's fun to entertain. And I think it's gained some steam just, just because Columbus is underperforming and is their GM's job in question would he do something crazy um and then just to answer that question myself i think i would pull trigger yeah on that trade if i was conroy okay um, i think a lot of what the flames are missing is entering the zone with some speed and having somebody who can drive play uh we saw something that they've been for... missing since he left yeah. yeah but then does that mean that you're signing Lindholm as well keeping the band together so it could have major impacts on other decisions that you make within the organization um Again, I think this is a totally unrealistic scenario, but a fun one to, to answer. <laughs> it definitely yeah. is. It definitely is. Um, on the topic of the Columbus Blue Jackets, this one's from left-handed Penman. Good to see you again, pal. He's always in here. Uh, would you gamble on bringing in Line A in a Lindholm trade? I, I think there's sexier pieces in Columbus to bring in in a Columbus Blue Jackets trade that aren't named Patrick Laine. Um He got sat the other night, which is a tough look. But I don't think that the Flames are missing a Patrick Laine right now. Uh, 
I would probably go for a package of some kind of like Kent Johnson was scratched earlier in the year. I wonder if there's not a trade to be made there where maybe Kent Johnson comes back and some, uh, some variety of draft picks. I don't know what that would exactly look like. I all, all put first and foremost, I suck at these hypothetical trades. Like I'm one of those people on armchair or the armchair GM tool on cap friendly that everybody else probably laughs at. That's why I don't put anything on there, but I would like to think that the flames probably aren't a Patrick line away from, you know, they're, they're not like, you know, what we're missing is that guy who could score, maybe can still score. We're not quite sure. Let's give him his third kick at the can somewhere else. I don't think that's the kind of thing the flames should be going for right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, because you were also on the other end of the Gaudreau thing. Maybe you're on the opposite side of this one too. What do you think? I'm not on the opposite side. Okay, of this good. One. Thank God. Um, I just think that if you're not signing Lindholm, yeah, it's probably because you're aiming to get younger and take a look at the future. At least that's what I really hope and think that they should be doing. So, um, draft picks, twenty-three and under players. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for someone roster ready, and I just don't think that Line fits that bill. Would it be super fun to have a guy who could let rockets fly on the power play and bring that thing to life a little bit? Yes. But would I rather have a couple of young guys who can grow with the organization and not be paid quite as much as, as line a and occupying as much on, on the, uh, uh, I want to say cap table, but we're not talking about cap tables, not occupying as much as the cap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then, then I think that would be the target. Um, I like line. I, I hope that he finds his game and, success in Columbus and I hope Johnny does as well I just don't think either of them are going to be doing that with the Flames I don't think so either that's that's a that's a we're on the same page on that one um Conrad Stawicki I hope to god I said your name right Conrad apologies Stawicki correct me if I'm wrong uh does Coronado get called up soon maybe trade one of Dubé or Rizichka to make room um Matt Coronado has eight points in eight AHL games since the uh, the set. I almost called it a call down, the send down um, to the Wranglers. I think you maybe let him marinate a little bit more. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think a, I don't think a call up is like imminent. But at the same time, a previous comment: Walker Dewar only played six minutes and thirty seconds tonight. Is that maybe an experiment that is kind of drying out? We saw him spend some time in the press box. Now Ruzichka spends a bit of time in the press box. Um, is Coronado maybe... Is he the next one up? Probably. More than likely, I'd say he's the next one up. Um, barring like a blue line injury or anything. But even then, Simone and, and whoever else they got is... Solovyov still up or is he he's down now right yeah, yeah. okay but yeah either way um I, I think it's Dennis Gilbert who's in the that's right box. sorry yeah. yeah Dennis Gilbert yeah because uh DeSimone played tonight um but either way I think he's probably the next call up I don't know if it's uh if it's gonna be a call up in a trade of Dubé or Rizicka. but I mean I could see him getting called up soon what do you think yeah Dubé is an interesting one because yeah. he's not going to be a UFA, but he's going to be an RFA. That's right. And 
I can't remember what his qualifying offer is, but if you're not seeing the value there, then maybe he becomes a throw-in in a trade to get the return that you want, along with one of the UFAs going out the door. Um, that's just hard to speculate on because it totally depends on what the other teams are looking for in a return. But one thing that Husk is showing us that, that Daryl didn't is that if you're not performing well, then other people are going to get opportunities. So we've seen Wolf in a game. We've seen Coronado up and down. We've seen Zari and Pospisil still come in. Uh, we did see uh, Slavyev come into the Heritage Classic. So I don't think it's long before Coronado gets back. But at the same time, if the recipe's working and the Flames can string another win together, I don't think you go ahead and uh, change it up just for the sake of, of changing it up. Um, and then on the Walker-Dewer front, I love that player. He can shoot the puck. He can skate pretty well. I was even saying, like, why not give him a look on the second unit power play earlier in the season just because I know how how hard a shot can be uh, and consistently hard too. But um, I think tonight the lack of ice time just kind of speaks to the fact that they were really able to roll three lines and that second period did get broken up by some special teams. So that's true. Uh, if there was some more five on five, probably a couple more minutes for Walker Dewar. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, okay. We're going to stop it there. Thank you for your questions. That was a lot of good questions. Uh, and never has somebody turned it on me the way that you did, sir. So I tip my cap to you on that one. Um, this was great. Not only did we get to talk about a win, got to talk to you, got to have you on. Um, so thank you for that. This is this has been a lot of fun, and I know everybody uh, watching is enjoying it as well. Um, but before we completely wrap up, the floor is yours to tell everybody where they can find you, all the good things you're up to over at Flame for Thought. Um, take as much time as you need to just plug whatever the hell you're working on and uh, where the people watching can find you. All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter or X, depending on how with the future you are. That's right. <laughs> um, at CGY Firebird. Um, can't remember why I came up with that. It was a reference to the fact I that like the it. Twitter logo was a bird. That's yeah. what it was. At one point. And I just, yeah. And I just wanted something flamesy. I wasn't sure at the time if I was going to put my name to the Twitter or my face to the Twitter account or my real name. And I decided to just go for it. So that's where you can find me um i if i'm watching the game i'll usually throw up a handful of tweets and uh 95 flames content on there so feel free to give me a follow and if you got something flamesy in your bio there's a 99.9 percent .9 chance i'll hit the follow back button and if i don't it's probably just because i missed you and then uh flame for thought which is flame underscore digit four underscore thought on on twitter as well um, that's the website that I am writing for right now, uh, for September, October, up until just a couple of weeks ago, I was solo on there while we were trying to get the website kind of back up and running after the former, uh, site expert had departed in the summertime. He's now back with us writing as well. And we've got, uh, three or four other contributors who are writing a piece a week or, um, at the, the cadence that they like. And we're covering all sorts of different topics, just trying to get a feel on what people are enjoying the most. So far, Nathan's trade stuff has been really popular. So uh, we'll probably keep the trade conversations going. Um, I'll write some long editorial stuff sometimes and and some short kind of satirical stuff sometimes as well. I had uh, 
some you had a good one. Cooper Doe going. You had a good so, one. It was a real good um, one. <laughs> so hopefully, uh, hopefully people are enjoying it. And uh, that website's just flameforthought.com. And uh, we'll usually have some new content on there almost every day. So come check it out and follow along on the socials. Yeah, be sure to go check it out. Uh, the at on Twitter slash X will be in the description if you're listening on playback or if you're watching live on YouTube right now, you can find Brett's handle there. Otherwise, uh, give me five minutes. And once we end the live, I'll also put the Flame for Thought one up there as well. Um, thank you to everybody who watched. This has been a good stream. We finally get to cover a win. I'm going to say that time and time again because, like I said, few and far between, folks. But it's always good to cover some wins. Okay, next game over is going to be on Wednesday, the 22nd, against the Nashville Predators. Peter Klein will have your post-game show, and he's joined by Paige from Flames Nation. Uh, you know her from her work covering the Calgary Wranglers, among many other things on Flames Nation. So she will be joining Peter on the post-game against the Predators on Wednesday. And I will see you guys next on Friday against the Dallas Stars. So thank you guys very much for watching. If you're listening on playback, be sure to, whatever you do on a podcast, like it, uh, follow it, subscribe to it, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're almost at 100K here on SDPN. Um, so I have something pretty fun planned for when we hit 100K. So let's let's get it there. Not that we're going to do it overnight, but um, don't forget to subscribe. Like the stream, like the podcast. Stay safe, and I will see you guys on the next Game Over stream. This has been a Calgary Flames win over the Seattle Kraken tonight. I will talk to you guys on the next Game Over. Adios. Game!